Welcome to In Focus, the podcast from Westview. Hi, I'm your host, Tyler Wise, and today we start our first ever In Focus episode with interviews recorded live at the 2020 NAM show in Anaheim. Our mission with In Focus is to provide a wide perspective on a variety of entertainment technology topics from the industry's leading experts. Our content includes all forms of technology, from lighting, audio, video, motion control, stagecraft, and safety. We talk hands-on applications, support roles in industries, career paths, as well as trade organizations and content and strategic master planning for shows, spaces, and experiences. For our very first show, I sat down with Jack Kelly, CEO of Group One Limited, the leader in audio and lighting distribution. I had the pleasure to speak with Jack in January, where we discussed technology life cycles, comparing and contrasting commercial and professional products, and the future of technology in our rapid growth world. As with all live recording, you'll get the added bonus of fog machines and live demonstrations occurring in the background of the Anaheim Convention Center. Jack's experience is so well-founded, it's hard to hear anything other than his incredible insight, though we sadly didn't record with Dolby Atmos capability like Jack suggests. Here's me, Tyler Wise, with Jack Kelly, talking technology life cycles. Hi, Jack. Hey, Tyler. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. Great. I'm excited to interview you. (laughs) Why is that? Former employer, mentor. <laughs> I have to say, I, I've never told you this. I I feel like I've learned the most in the business world in my career from you. Oh, well, thank you. So uh, that's why I'm happy to have you here. And we miss you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> we are here talking about um, the life cycle of technology and mm-hmm. how that changes. And that kind of relates all over the place, not just in, in one specific market. It's not just lighting. It's not just audio. It's all technology. It's, you know, it's your refrigerator, your washing machine. Correct. Um, what do you think causes the rapid change in technology? Um, if you're talking about on a product level, I think it's the ability of the core technology. could be CPUs or screens or touch screens, drive... Um, um, you know, people to invent new things. I mean, the iPhone actually was invented as a concept in the 90s, but not deliverable as we know it until right. the mid to late 2000s, right? And that came from touchscreens. It came from, um, you know, all sorts of technologies had to exist at a core level before it could be deployed as a device for consumers or commercial users. Um, and we see it my career in mixing consoles you know we went from analog to digital and um, it was a slower transformation than people thought um, but it built up steam as more and more people uh, deployed digital mixing consoles and uh, people saw that they worked and you could do more things and i think at the core of all technology change is that concept of do more things you think about your phone it now has a camera now you can see your front door. You can change the heat. Um, I saw a microphone company here that can control the pattern on the microphone from a omni to a cardioid on your phone. phone. Yeah. I mean, phones are the the least thing about a phone is the phone feature. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's, it's a television. It's a camera. Yeah. It's a recording device. It's a health monitor. It's sure. And that's the um, 
the ability of people to be creative and invent ideas uh, first and then seek technology to fulfill that idea. And um, the more people are exposed to technology, the more creative the ideas of what could come next. And I think we are now in a technological society where I don't think that was the case 30 years ago. Sure. Everybody has technology. You have a phone, you have a smart television, smart refrigerator, um, you know, a, a Sono system that's deployed housewide and works right out of the box. Yes. Unbelievable yeah. uh, compared to how things used to be. And uh, it's mostly good. It's not all good. Um, I think people get caught up um, using and uh, being focused on the technology. You know, if you go to a concert now, uh, people don't clap because the phones are up in the air. Yeah. And that came from a famous artist. Because nobody claps anymore. Everybody's got the phone in the air taking a shot right. of the concert they're actually at. That they'll never watch again. That's my favorite part about that. Ever. <laughs> Ever. It was so much better live. Why didn't you watch it? Right. Right. Yeah. You watched you watched a live event through a tiny little seven-inch screen. Yeah. Not right in front of you as it happened. I made a comment to somebody once watching a very famous artist. And this person had uh, the phone up, you know, recording. I said, you know, he only plays it once. I suggest... You watch it live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. So, as you know, I can be a little bit sarcastic. So. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so we're talking about phones, but then also audio consoles. Those One is a commercial product and one is more of a Correct. product. And those have different life cycles as well. Dramatically much. different life cycles. Very much. So a phone is a choice. You actually are not required to have a cell phone unless you work for a company which in almost all cases you're required to have a cell phone. So people change their cell phones today mostly because they want to, not because they have to. Um, so the life cycle of a phone is more of a consumer choice than necessarily a change in technology. I want the new iPhone, I want the new Samsung, and marketing from both those companies help you make that decision. Sure. Whereas um, if you go on to the products we sell, be it mixing consoles or you know, LED lighting, these are being purchased for a use. And that use has a longer expectation um, of, you know, how long am I going to own my mixing console in a church or as a touring company? Right. And touring company wants a return on investments of minimum three years just to get your money back. And most people would like to get seven or eight years out of, you know, a deployable mixing console. And if it was up to rental companies, no matter sound or lighting or video, they would love to keep the product they bought forever. Sure. I mean, you think about the Parkan. You could buy a Parkan in 1950, or the equivalent of a Parkan, and still be renting it in 1980. Right. That's good return. It would still be renting it today. Probably. If it wasn't for regulation, <laughs> yes, they would still be renting it. Correct. They're going to until that's not a case. Correct. Yeah, that's good. Do you think um, manufacturers plan in the professional world? So Apple, I'm talking about um, planned obsolescence. Okay. So Apple does that with batteries, as we all know, and manufacturers do that so that their technology has to be replaced at some level, and that doesn't necessarily happen at the professional product level. I don't know that I've ever seen it in any of the companies I've been uh, involved with. Maybe we're just not that clever. I mean, so I don't really know. <laughs> Um, I think certainly from my experience, we've always been in the professional end of yep. sound and lighting. And um, 
our customers have a very long expectation of usable life. Um, and I don't just mean warranty, I mean we, we need to be able to repair something for many, many years. Uh, and on the broadcast side of our life, expectation is 15 to 20 years for a mixing console in a broadcast environment, be it a NBC studio or uh, wow. you know a, a truck that does remote production. It's a very long life cycle. That's yeah. That's fifteen to twenty years is a long time, and I'm not. I'm not assuming they would do planned obsolescence, but you know, with commercial products where you, that that volume is what what the difference is. Right. That's not necessarily true of professional, where you're looking for something that's dependable, has a longer run, you know, is going to be able to stand up on the road. So that's more important there. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, one of the things I've seen that's driven change in those long. Lived um, or long-lived um, markets is technology change. You know, when all of a sudden productions had to be in surround sound, that drove technology change and investment in those markets because to actually get surround sound transmitted to your home or my home requires a lot of new boxes to yeah. do that. So uh, new speakers for monitoring, new encoder, decoders, um, new mixing consoles that can actually break down a 5.1 uh, or any of Dolby Atmos or any of these technologies that uh, are really being driven from the consumer side are forcing companies like ours to design mixing consoles that can accommodate multi-channel transmission, which is still evolving, you know. Has the digital, obviously the digital era has created more need for um, product to evolve quicker because chips evolve faster Correct. And, and processing becomes more available, which is the impetus for a new a new product. It can be, absolutely. Um, I think technology change in lighting, particularly lighting fixtures, happens quicker because of the design push. I want that, next year I want that. I think it must be half a nightmare for rental companies, but um, you the bigger know, you are, the more you can say, "This is what we have. This is what you get." Yeah. Whereas, if you take the equivalent on on the sound side, the loudspeaker, yeah. loudspeakers evolve and they're much better today than ever. But they're still their job is to move air, right. and the principles of moving air have not shifted in a hundred years. Well, they've never shifted. Right. You know, uh, physics is physics, but. Um, so we don't see the rapid change. We see evolution, not revolution. Whereas lighting, we've seen some revolution. Sure. You know, from the first barrier lights to the first moving LEDs to some of these fixtures that are multi-purpose out of the same head. Right. Uh, and then, last but not least, LED technology as a source, um, giving you longer life. Not as long as everybody claims, as you and I both know. Yes. But lo <laughs> longer life different abilities uh, in terms of design um, and uh, to some extent just less expensive to get more of. So. Right, more intensity and, and, and more, more output of whatever you're using. Correct. How do you, these things are changing so fast. So we're, we're here at NAMM and, and there are people showing LEDs, there are people showing consoles, there are people showing everything here. Right. By the time this broadcasts a lot of this technology will already be replaced. Right. We should do this in 5.1. I don't know if we are. <laughs> or Dolby Atmos. Right. By the time it's out, maybe right. that's what it has to be. Yeah. Um, 
so there's there's that change, and that's hard to keep up with for people from an from an inventory standpoint, and just from a being current. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, we're commercial people. That's why we're here. Our job is at the end of the day to sell product. We leave, I think it's better if you sell really good product, as uh, you and I know. Yeah. But um, we still have to deploy new models and new new capacities and no, anything we make to attract new buyers. And uh, well, right, and that's a big part of it: the buyers and the the end users' experience. Yeah. Right. Exactly. How fast do you see technology evolving lately, and where do you think it's where do you think it's headed? Those are two questions. Yeah, I think I think you have to almost pick which part of the market you're looking at. So I've been in the digital mixing console market for 12 years now. But even that, there's a broadcast area. Well, that's vertical a, vertical segment. Simply yeah. saying, I need to uh, move sound here or there, or mix sound here or there. So it's the requirements of the vertical that determine how the console is designed. Um, for instance, in broadcast, you need thousands, literally thousands of channels, whereas in recording, you don't need thousands. Right. You maybe need a hundred, right? And even that's a big recording console. Yeah. And uh, so that drives how the console looks. But inside the box or the engine, as we call it, it's very similar. You're doing uh, processing uh, where you're sending sound signals from one location to another location. Sometimes they're joined by other sound signals. That's called yeah. mixing, right? And so that drives how we design the product. Um, but in that market, to your point, there hasn't been that much technology change in the design of, of digital mixing consoles. What's happened is the chip manufacturers have given us more capacity to do cooler things and more of them. But a digital mixing console today is not that much different than one 15, 20 years ago. So, Interesting. Yeah. Which isn't the case with lighting, because LEDs, or your, I say your because you're yep. a lighting guy, <laughs> your uh, equivalent digital moment was LEDs. Yes. Where all of a sudden we need all these channels just to do one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But before that was one yeah. channel, and now it's. I mean, the concept of a, a universe, right? right? Right. Didn't exist 25, sure. 30 years ago, to the best of my knowledge. Right. So. You didn't have that capacity. No. Maybe two universes. No, because your lighting console would be half a mile long. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And probably That's not deployable. <laughs> right. So. Right. Well, but then there are products like like um, like the Able consoles that have you know through our neck that can do other great expandable things, and there are a lot of great products out there that can do that. Um, and again, that's chipset that, that brings that on. Oh, no question. And so. Uh, manufacturers that I work with um, have very close relationships with semiconductor design teams oh. and we get um, without giving a trade secrets away sure. we get very early looks at five-year roadmaps because at the end of the day they don't want to design something that we're not going to deploy right absolutely so you know we'll, we'll go visit uh, an FPGA manufacturer that we partner with because we want to know where their technology is taking them. Because remember, they're using machines that make chips. We don't know anything about that, yeah. but they do. And they know what those machine manufacturers are going to give them capacity to do. So it's this never-ending you know, iteration, uh, a, a growth model that comes from them. But we need to know. It takes years to design a console. Sure. You know, um, And 
So if they're going to make a major capacity change in one of our core semiconductor styles, like FPGA or, or a, a DSP processor, we need to know about it. Well, and that that is important because it, if it does take, as it does take years to design a console, you have to be thinking of the use and application of something that doesn't even necessarily exist yet. Correct. Yeah. Um, as we move into virtual environments um, right. and experiential markets, like it, it's a whole other thing where you're designing a console for a, a, a venue that doesn't necessarily exist as a common type of venue. Now, I'll give you an example. We're experimenting with augmented reality in a sound mixing environment. We're experimenting with heads-up displays. You know, one of the um, things you need to, as a mixer, you, especially a monitor mixer where you're working directly with the artist, you need to be mixing but watching. Yeah. Mixing watch because if the artist turns and you're not looking at the artist, yes. bingo, you're yeah. done. <laughs> they move you to front of house. That's, That's really stuff. interesting experience. Audio with visual. Yeah. Visual energy. Yeah, and if you look, like Bose has these new glasses that have that are essentially headphones on your sunglasses. I don't know if you've seen them. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, pretty are those cool. Here? Yeah, uh, they came out about a year ago. Oh, okay, I haven't seen those. Yeah, so, you know, these are all things that may work, may not. Remember 3D in yeah, your home? Yeah. Didn't work, did Laser it? Laser discs. Laser discs. <laughs> I think I still have three players, but, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's great people experiment, throw things out. Yes. And sometimes, like, the 3D model drove a lot of investment in uh, production, uh, especially sports production. People thought that... Yeah, there's a chance viewers would want to watch a sporting event like golf in 3D. Couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> no, but there are a lot of uh, 3D telecasts of sporting events. Yes, because they invested in all that technology. Yeah. I don't know anybody who watches a sporting event in 3D <laughs> at all. So. Yeah, that's true now that you say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know... Even surround sound, um, as originally deployed with multiple speakers, is cumbersome. Pe you know, people don't want all that stuff no, in their room. No, it's an audio file that has that all set. Up. I am one of those. Yeah, so am I. Are. But I also <laughs> yes. owned a speaker company, so right. that helped. But um, with the sound bars now, these things are great. It's plug and play. It is. And that's not what even we, plug. Not even plug. And that's what we want today. Yeah. We expect it because our refrigerator is plug and play, yeah. and our the cell phone is plug and play. Uh -huh. You know, turn it on, it has to work. I need a speaker there, but there's no power and no no way yeah. to get a signal yeah. there. But I can still put it there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think these multi-channel formats are going to be uh, more uh, useful going forward because uh, as a consumer, you don't have to think about setting it up. Well, and that's what it is in both in in both ends of the market. You know, the quick turn commercial market and then the professional market. It's all about the consumer and what the end user is wanting. Exactly. Whether that's the masses or the designers, the, the smaller market of designers that just have a need for spatial audio on Broadway and, right. and, and you know the trends that are happening with that. Yeah. What processing do, do they need? That's what drives. And some of it works and some of it doesn't. Yeah. You know, but um, people try new things commercially because they want more, more or different customers right. and to create new markets. Yeah, it's a give and take yeah. relationship at the end of the day. So. Final thoughts on the future of technology and how quickly <clears throat> things change? So it, I think they'll continue to change rapidly. You know, it, it's almost like there's so much momentum in technology. You know, we've chosen a direction as a species, right? Yeah. 
and it isn't farming, right? We're technology driven now. And the more uh, technology becomes part of our lives, the more it will become part of our lives. It's not going to stop because the train is already well out of the station. Right. And so from the manufacturers that determine capacity, like chip manufacturers, to the designers of product like Apple and Samsung, to the commercial users of product like broadcasters or lighting designers or whatever, um, we're going to see a lot of change um, rapidly, but not in all segments equally at all time. So, I mean, we're already invested. We're, we're buying the light bulbs. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're buying the switches for our homes. The regular light switch is no longer good enough. No, no, it has to have a brain now. Right. Apparently. Right. $50 <laughs> light switches all over the place. How did that happen? How did we miss that market? <laughs> Jack, thank you for being here. I appreciate oh, pleasure. It. Thanks, Thanks, Tyler. Thanks a lot. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Significant contributions to the recording and live broadcast have been provided by Roscoe. Roscoe has been providing solutions for the live event and entertainment industry for over 100 years, bringing the creative visions of theatrical designers, stage technicians, and scenic artists to life. Learn more at roscoe.com. Our show is mixed by Eric Bloom and Zach Baldry. Editing and marketing are by Javier Rivera. Leah Springman is our stage manager, and technical direction is by Rob Alec and Ben Mills. Production assistants are Amber Marty and Allison Mutton. In Focus is produced by Westview Productions and was recorded in front of a live audience at the NAM Show in Anaheim, California. I'm your host, Tyler Wise, and you've been listening to In Focus, the Westview Podcast.